the recession is coming, it could come this week or next, or it might not come for another year or two. But just as certain as the sun will come up tomorrow, a recession is on the way. The question for all of us is, is my business ready? Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. So you can always find an expert in the financial markets who says the market is going up and it's going to be the best year ever and we're on the cusp of a breakout and all kinds of positive great news. And you can always find an expert who says the crash is coming. It's just around the corner. So the truth is we don't really know what's going on in the market. We don't ever really know when it's going to arrive as far as like when the recession is going to come, when things are going to be awesome. Um, We just have to wait and see how things unfold. We don't know. Uh, But there are some things we do know about how these cycles happen and kind of our place in our current economic cycle. Uh, For instance, one thing we know is the last recession officially ended in June of 2009. Uh, Although it was still very tough for many businesses until at least, you know, 2011, 2012, 2013. Um, It was tough, you know. Um, From October of 87, when that crash happened, we ran in a a bullish or a very up market until the dot-com crash happened in March of 2000. From there, uh, that recession, I think, ended around, you know, sometime in 2001, 2002. Um, The Great Recession started in 2007. So we only had, you know, five or six years. And that one ran again until, you know, June of 2009. Uh, But these upward cycles generally run in about 10-year intervals. We had a mini crash in April of 2020 from the COVID outbreak, but governments across the globe stepped up and and to avoid calamity, they poured billions of dollars into the economy, basically, and and we you know bought our way out of that. I'm not saying it was good or bad to do that. That's just what happened. Um, countries across the globe dumped tons of money in it to keep things going. So we're either past due for the recession. But we avoided it in 2020 because of the government intervention. And there was a pretty significant drop, but, but it only lasted, I think, a week or two. And then you know, we were right back to the races, basically. So we're either overdue because we kind of avoided it there artificially, or it's coming up where it's kind of due, or, or you know, it's right around the corner. Uh, it's almost here. Again, it could be this week. It could be next week. It could be next month. It could be in six months. It could be in three years. Who knows? But we do know it's coming. Uh, we also know a significant global socioeconomic events can trigger ca- catastrophic fall in the economy. We don't have to look very far around the globe right now to see there's a number of events that are kind of brewing that seem to be heading for disaster. Any of any of any one of those could spark an e- economic downfall or disaster. Uh, we also know as of this recording, it's January 23rd uh, when I'm recording this, 2022. 
Um, the cryptocurrencies have fallen tremendously since November. So over two months, they've lost something like 50% of their value. I don't, I don't have all the numbers memorized, but a pretty significant fall in just two months. The stock market is showing signs of weakness that could, again, depending on who you listen to, be serious indications that a collapse is coming. You know, the 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 range the IWM has been running in has been pretty solid for about a year. We dipped below that last week. Um, the NASDAQ, again, running pretty solid, similar highs and lows. All of a sudden, we broke down through a, a barrier there. Same with the S&P 500. You know, just they're all kind of doing this thing where they're, they're down more than they have been in quite a while, which to some folks is an indication that it's, you know, it's going to get worse instead of better. So as always, it's coming. It's just a matter of when. What we do know about these things also is in these cycles, it the uptrends are very gradual and they're not super dramatic in most cases. Meaning, if you look at 2011, 2012, 2013, things steadily improved. But there wasn't, you know, a, a day or a week or a month where all of a sudden things were just going gangbusters again. It kind of happens gradually. That's how the uptrends happen. People coming out of recessions, um, it takes some time for them to kind of get confident that things are going to be okay. And they kind of loosen the purse strings. They start spending more money. Banks get more free with how they lend. And that that kind of goes through the supply chain, you know, from manufacturers to distributors to, you know, uh, wholesalers and service providers to retail and end-use customers. All of those people go through these stages where we gradually get less stingy, frankly, with our money because of the last recession. We went through a period where um, <laughs> we were just shocked and and paranoid and, and concerned about e- our own family's, you know, economic future and and those kinds of things have serious impacts on us psychologically and how we buy. So the the uptrends and the upcycles and the and the upward movement in the markets and in buyers' confidence happens at a at a kind of a glacial pace. It's always happening, but it's not happening in huge chunks. It's happening pretty slowly, pretty steadily. The downtrends happen seemingly overnight. They are devastatingly quick. Uh, de- you know, depending on which one you look at, October of eighty seven, the dot com. The Great Recession, even if you look at the COVID mini kind of crash, those things happen in days. Uh, you know, you know, I, I can't remember the exact number. If it was the eighty-seven crash or the I think it was the dot-com crash, where the Nasdaq lost eighty-three or seventy-eight percent of its value in just a few months. You know, that's a pretty tremendous downfall. So my point is, is the uptrends happen gradually. The downfalls happen right quick. And the question for all of us is, what do we do? What can we do to be prepared? What, you know, we, we all know as business owners that when, when changes happen, when changes happen in our industry, the best, the ones who can adapt the best are the ones who are most li- likely to be successful. And this is no different. The people who react the quickest and the most nimble and correctly when the recession comes, those people are going to have a massive advantage over people who kind of begrudgingly go along and drag their heels and you know think, well, it should still be the way it was seven months ago. And you know, if you're if you're six months into a recession, a, a significant one especially, and you're still kind of operating under the mindset of how things were seven months ago, you are at a massive disadvantage. 
So questions, you know, are what do we what do we do? How do we prepare for this? Can we prepare for this? That's that's a question that you know the answer is going to be different for a lot of folks in different industries. Uh, if your team's been through this before, if you've been through this before as a business owner, you will have a completely different approach than if you have not. You have experience you can draw upon. We're going to talk about that in a little bit here, but. First and foremost, what I would suggest is we have to recognize that in the buyer-seller relationship, there's an ebb and flow that happens pretty much in line with the economic trend. On an uptrend, which we're in right now, we're at, at the peak or we're at least in a, in a pretty blissful time of an uptrend economically as far as the, the market goes. Again, whether or not you think it's real or artificially propped up. I have my own opinions about that. It doesn't matter. We are where we are. Right now, today, the service providers have a lot more power than the buyers. And that's just the way it is. If, you have, if you've been a person who's tried to, to purchase a service of any kind for your house, your car in the last few years, you know that just getting people to show up, just getting people to answer the phone, just getting people to, to make their appointments on time is a challenge. So the 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 person in the relationship of the buyer seller relationship who holds the power right now is the seller. The service providers can more or less call their shots on a lot of things. They can make a lot of money. If you own a service-based business, you can make a lot of money just by showing up 70% of the time. You can make decent money showing up once in a while. <laughs> Again, I don't know a single, per- single person who hasn't had real challenges in the last couple of years or a few years or multiple years just getting people to show up, like uh, it took me, f- I think, five landscapers. <laughs> we bought our house, uh, you know, a year and a half ago. We moved to a completely different part of the country. We live in the desert now in the Phoenix area. We came from the Pacific Northwest where things are green and the rains all the time. I don't know how to keep the plants here alive. And so we, we need to hire somebody to help us learn that and, and maybe even do part of it for us and whatever. It literally took f- like five different landscapers to get somebody just to show up more than the first time. It took uh, two of the five. I think we're like cash only. <laughs> you know, again, they can just call the shots. That's just kind of how it's kind of how it is right now. Um, and I've seen uh, comments and statements that are very cavalier by people in sales and business owners in these service um, industries. I saw this one thing going around. I think on Facebook here a few weeks ago. And it was kind of a, a, I don't know if it was a meme or just somebody had posted something and it had been forwarded a million times. I, I don't remember which it was. But, you know, if, you, if you've been in a service-related business for people, um, if you've been fixing people's homes for them, if you're, you know, again, a contractor, roofer, electrician, plumber, um, drywall, paint, uh, you know, you name it. If you're in those kind of industries, you had customers who've asked you for a labor and materials breakdown or sometimes they just call it a price breakdown and they... You know, they just like, hey, I don't, I don't understand this. It seems more expensive. Generally, is kind of what they're thinking. I, I'd like to understand where the expense is higher than I anticipated. And f- so, again, if you've been in these industries for a while, you've had to do this. Like, this is just part of operating a business. If a customer says, "I need a break- breakdown of labor materials," you just you had to do that. And this thing that I saw going around was, uh, again, some people were in sales that were showing, you know, kind of forwarding this around, and there was individual groups I was in, like different kinds of groups I'm in of business owners and salespeople in these industries. But this thing that was going around was basically, here's your breakdown. It's $17,842 if we do the job and it's $0 if we don't. <laughs> that was, the, that was the, and, and I saw a couple of folks like talk about how they like presented this to the customer. Like this is what they said to the customer. 
And I just immediately thought well, that would not have flown in 2012. There's no way you could have in 2011 told a customer that. You would just be telling them, I don't want to do the job. So that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about where right now the, the service providers, the, we, that, they're the ones who have the power. If they, you know, the, the, the buyers are kind of at their mercy. If, they, if you show up, great. If you don't, I will complain, I guess. We'll leave a bad review when it comes time. Whatever. That's, the review is like the only thing that the buyers have right now as a, as a tool of any kind, other than you know, maybe withholding last payment or something like that. But my point is that ebb and flow will dramatically change within a few weeks or a few months. It'll happen really quickly, though. The buyers will re- regain a tremendous amount of the power in the relationship. So right now, service providers can more or less call the shots. Like I said, they can show up when they want. They can choose the hours they work. They can they can maybe not cover on call things if they've, if they've historically been in 24 business. Maybe they're only working four days a week. Maybe they're saying, hey, we're off at four o'clock every day that, and now, and that's just the way it is. We're seven, eight years ago, they might have said, we'll stay till the job's done. Those are the kinds of things that uh, service providers are just more able to kind of call the shots on. And again, the only real recourse buyers have is the reviews they leave, which, you know, I don't know really any service provider who doesn't really still care about that. So I'm not saying things are like way out of whack, like the the people are being abused. I'm not not saying that. What I am saying is right now, service providers have more work than they can get to, and therefore they're being more picky and they're calling the shots in ways that they wouldn't have in 2012 and 2013. When the recession comes, Really rapidly, again, within a few weeks, maybe a few months, if you've got contracts that are out of ways, if you're that if your industry is one where you, you know, like you know your workload several weeks or months in advance, you might have a little uh, longer delay. If you're like a right now uh, business where customers are coming to you pretty regularly, you know, you will more quickly see we will very rapidly go from having more work than we have employees to more employees than we have work. When these recessions happen, buyers get paranoid, they get scared, they just zip up their purses and checkbooks, and they just don't buy. That's just how they operate. They don't, if they need it, they'll buy it. If they don't need it, they'll wait. So customers are going to be calling the shots really rapidly when the recession comes. That's one of the major things we have to get our, especially our good salespeople, which are sometimes kind of egotistical. I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, you know, listen, a good salesperson is confident. We will have to retrain them to address things with customers' needs that they don't they haven't had to think about for a while. They just haven't. These are the kinds of things we're gonna to have to be asking ourselves. Like for me and my business, what are the kinds of things that I have to get out in front of, knowing that the most nimble businesses and the ones who are able to adapt the best, the quickest, are gonna have a massive strategic advantage over those who kind of lollygag and figure it out when they figure it out. So we got to remember that customers are going to be calling the shots in a way that they have not been for several years. Service providers are going to have to do things that they don't want to do because they'll need the revenue. Again, you're going to have more employees than you're going to have work for a while when this comes. And you're going to need the money. You're going to have to do things you've been saying no to for quite a while. You might have to work weekends. You might have to work after hours. You might have to work past four o'clock. And your employees aren't going to like it. And they're going to have to, you're going to have to educate them about like, listen, it doesn't matter if you like this or not. This is what it is. Um, other things that are going to affect you, bankers are going to lose their easy buttons if they have one. Uh, my buddy, Paul, who's a banker, uh, he listens regularly. Hi, Paul. Uh, he talks about his easy button in kind of a sarcastic way. <laughs> He's much more f- a fan of the no button 
But for bankers for the last few years, they've kind of had an easy button. As long as your business is, you know, your bond is not in jeopardy or whatever, everybody's made making more money each year than the previous couple of years. The uptrend is good for everybody. Bankers have been more um, inclined to help than they were in 2009 and 2010 for sure. So they're going to lose their easy button. They're going to have this magic eight ball that seems to only say no or, you know, maybe some other time or <laughs> you got to fix this or you got to fix that before we can even talk to you about lending money. That's going to have some significant uh, effect on some businesses. And we'll have to train our employees to focus on service and meeting the customer's needs more than establishing value to get the price we want. Right now, one of the things I see and hear a lot is, we need to educate the customer about the value so we can get the price that we need to charge. And that is the kind of thing that's going to change pretty quickly when the recession hits. It will not be about value in that sense. It will be about the customer getting their needs met, period, end of story. If you don't do that, the customer's answer is going to be, no, I'm not going to buy. They, are there exceptions to that? Of course. Are, do you have really good salespeople who will overcome that? Of course. But generally speaking, right now, customers are saying yes and in a recession, they are not going to be saying yes to the degree that they do now. That's just the way it works. In any case, again, we know that the businesses that are better, best prepared are always the ones that win when these troubling kind of events occur. So here's some questions in addition to others that you would probably need to ask for your specific industry that I may not know. But just some questions to be asking ourselves as we're kind of on the verge of this. Again, I'm not hoping it happens tomorrow. I'm not saying it's going to happen next week. It could. It could be 90 days. It could be six months. It could be a year. It could be three years. I don't know. It's coming though. So questions we need to be asking are, um, what do I need to adapt, change, or overcome to be successful in the down market? So if you've been through this before, what were the things we had to deal with before that we'll have to deal with again? What are the, what are the things that we didn't adapt to as quickly as we, wanted, as we should have or could have or we would like to next time? Uh, does our team, does my team know about this kind of stuff have we done this as a team or are we a new enough business? Maybe we started our business in 2015 and we've never really dealt with this before. That's a different kind of a, you're going to have different issues than if you've been around since 1973 and you've like, this is number five. <laughs> it's like, it's no big deal. Those are going to be different things you're going to have to figure out. So first and foremost, what do we need to adapt, change, or overcome to be successful in a down market? Second, how easy is it going to be and how quickly can we adapt when the time comes? Part of that is going to be has my team been through this before? Have I been through this before as a business owner? Do I know what to look out for? Uh, I mentioned how easy. So then the next thing is, what training will I need to get in place to change our approach and posture? Again, some of the things that we just kind of gotten comfortable doing right now, you just can't operate that way in a recession. You cannot operate that way in a down market. You cannot just tell the customer to pound sand when they ask you for a breakdown, unless you just don't want the work. There's certain things like that we've just gotten kind of cavalier and kind of, um, we're just kind of taking things for granted is, is kind of how I see it. And we're going to not be able to do that kind of stuff. How much time is it going to take to get these uh, changes in place if the recession comes quickly? Like, you know, if all of a sudden tomorrow you wake up and the stock market crashes and, and everybody's in a panic, how much time do we have to get these uh, changes we have to make in place? Again, has my team been through this before? Do we have experience to draw from? Are you going to have to educate your employees, especially your younger employees who may not have been through something like this? Although with COVID, they kind of, I would say most young people kind of got a taste for, there's parts of life that are just out of your control. And, that, and that's hard for people to learn when, they, when they've not experienced it before. 
some folks um, have just kind of been lucky and haven't had to deal with a whole lot in their life. And and when life slaps them down and says, "Hey, we're, you're not in charge of everything," there's certain things that Mother Nature and or what you know whatever your belief is on who's calling the shots in the universe. Um, there are certain things out of your control, and these economic downfalls are one of them. So, are your employees going to panic? Are they going to be paranoid? Are they? Is there you know are their spouses going to want to you know sell everything and move to Arkansas? I, who knows, right? So we got to figure out if my team has not been through this before, what do I got to get in front of to get them settled down? If they have been through this before, what kind of things can we bring up in meetings and remind each other, hey, we got through it last time. It's not the end of the world. You know, I, I wouldn't wait until the day we find out something bad has happened to start talking about this. I would start talking about that kind of stuff beforehand. Uh, again, if it's your first time operating in a down economy as a business or a business owner or with your team, what are the pitfalls that await you that you don't even know about? What are the things that you just can't foresee? There are certain things that you just won't know until you've experienced them. So who can you who can you ask to to draw upon you know to gain that kind of knowledge? So uh, the first thing with all this stuff, like everything I talk about, pretty much the first thing is just accepting that these are things that just are. We just have to acknowledge and recognize a recession's coming again. I don't know when. Could be next next week, could be next month, could be in six months, could be in three years. <clears throat> who knows? But we have to recognize that change is going to happen rapidly and who has the power in the buyer-seller relationship. You will not be able to do some of the things we're doing now. You will not be able to just show up and make a lot of money the way you can right now when you're in the throes of a recession. And you certainly will not be able to make decent money the way you can right now showing up once in a while. You will have to be there all the time or you will pay the price for it. That is the way it works. Right now, the service providers can more or less call the shots. They can show up when they want. They can work the hours they want. They can pretty much charge what they want. That will not be the case. Service providers um, right now have more work than they can get to. When the recession comes, they will have more employees than work. They will have a ton of stress to deal with. And this is one of those unfortunate things in the service business. There's never going to be a time where just for three years, you have the perfect amount of employees and the perfect amount of work. Generally speaking, you have too many, too many employees or you have too much work. That's just kind of the way it works. But when the recession comes, we're definitely going to have more employees than work. Customers will be calling the shots much more than they are now. Service providers are going to have to do things they don't want to do because they will need the revenue. Bankers are going to be more tight with their money and, and more likely to say no. We'll have to train our employees to focus on service and meeting the customer's needs more than establishing value like we do today to get the price we want. In any case, we know that businesses are that are the best prepared are always the ones that are uh, that win, the ones who are most prepared are the ones that win when these kind of radical things happen and when industry changes happen and economic changes happen. So let's get out in front of this stuff. What are the questions you should be asking, aside from the ones I'm going to go through again here, what are the ones that you should be asking for your place as a business owner in your journey, in your industry, in your uh, geographic area? What are, what are the things you're going to have to get in front of? What are the things you're going to have to change and adapt? What are the things you're going to have to overcome to be successful in a down market that you just don't have to deal with right now? What are those things? Let's let's just get a handle on it. Get a list of those things and let's just get a handle on that. How easy is it going to be for you to adapt when the time comes? Do you have a team that's not going to be easy to adapt or do you have a team that's like really nimble and they're like, hey, we've been through this before. It's no big deal. We're just, we're heading down this path instead of this path now. You got to get a handle on how easy this is going to be. You got to get a handle on what kind of training you got to get in place. What do I need to train to, to change our approach and our posture to meet what the customer's needs will be in a different kind of market? How much time do I have to get all these things done? If I don't have, if, if it's, you know, the recession happens in two months 
and it takes me a year to get this stuff in place, I'm in trouble. I might start doing it now. I might start some of this training stuff now. And again, part of that is have my team been through this before? Do we have experience to draw upon? If not, if this is your first time, your team's first time going through something like this, who can you talk to to give you some advice on what to look out for that you wouldn't otherwise know uh, how to get how to get through it or how to you know how to foresee things you just have not experienced before? So that's it. Again, I'm not uh, wishing for a down economy. Of course, uh, I'm not hoping that this kind of stuff happens, but this is how life works. This is. You make a lot of money when things are good and you endure when things are not good. That's just kind of how it works. Um, thanks for your patience. Last couple of weeks, I had the COVID, so I was doing a lot of coughing and and uh, I'm back to 100% now. Uh, I apologize for the last couple of weeks of just not sounding all that great. That's one of the rules of podcasts. You're supposed to sound awesome all the time. Kind of hard to do when you got the cold cough flu and I was hacking and coughing. So I appreciate your patience of... Um, of enduring that with me. But we're back to 100% now, so hooray for that. If you uh, haven't yet, if you could, leave us a review or a rating. That would be awesome. We have much more, many more ratings and reviews because you know, those are quick. You just push a button, a little five-star deal. That would be awesome. If you have a couple seconds so you can give us a review and tell people how awesome we are, I would sure appreciate that. If you have a friend or a colleague who's a business owner in the service industry and you haven't shared this podcast with them yet, please do so. That would be awesome. Also, still, you can go to sisthebook.com to get your copy of Service Industry Success Today. That book is all about managing your team of people in a service-based business. Tons of stuff in there I've learned from great mentors in my career and, and frankly, from working with or for some bosses that just weren't very good. So there's a, there's that kind of stuff in there too. Anyhow, uh, again, thanks for your patience last couple weeks. And that's it for now. I hope you have a great week and I'll talk to you all next week. Next week.